Hey, everybody. Welcome to Cloud Compass Podcast. This is your host, Lori Smith, LMSW veteran social worker, um, coach, and survivor. I have an exciting guest today. It's my friend, Becca Newman. She is on the west side of the state. Can't even remember how we got connected, but since then, we are moving and shaking and we're making change. This girl is kicking butt on the west side of the state. She's also a social worker and she does some really cool things. So I wanted to bring her on to share some things going on. Hi, Becca. Thanks for coming. Hi, I am so excited to be here. I really appreciate the invitation. Um, It is wonderful to be here in the space with you, Lori. So I think one of the things that we got um, connected through is harm reduction, which can look a lot of different ways and has a lot of different flavor than traditional therapies and treatment. So um, without digging into harm reduction specifically, like what, what led you into what you're doing now and what are you doing now? Oh, that's a great question. So right now, what I do is I do macro system social work. Um, implementing systems for major stakeholders in the state from a harm reduction lens. Okay. Um, You're working with the state at the state level on harm reduction tools. Essentially, essentially. Yeah. So like, um, in partnership with the state. Yes. That's fantastic. Um, and so I do that. And then I also do holistic individual therapy. So, I work at a macro level and I work at an individual level. Um, And I also work at a community level. So I kind of hit all three areas of social work practice. And honestly, I know that sounds like I'm all over the place, but it really is because of my personal story. And that's what led me to the work that I'm doing today. Um, Awesome. I'm a late bloomer, they like to say, right? So... (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I'm doing a lot of different things. I'm doing some work with, um, on the macro level, I do community work and then I do holistic individual work. So I love this because I, my master's is actually in community organizing, by the way, and I have worked with, with all levels of systems. And I find that if what I have found is with my peers, if they have not been trained in macro information, or if they've never dealt with the systems that they work in, they are really at a loss and they don't get the whole picture. So when you say holistic individual, what do you mean by that? Um, When I say holistic individual work, what I mean is I assist people in learning how to navigate systems that are currently in place because to your previous point just now, that is essential for people's success and people are not taught how to do that. So I teach people how to navigate current systems. If that is a challenge they are experiencing, I provide psychoeducation around not just mental health, but nutrition, um, you know, uh, physical exercise if necessary, um, you know, mental processes and typically, once people are comfortable, it then enters the spiritual realm. So when I say I do holistic work, my goal is to treat the entire person within our yes! system. So I yes! want to treat, teach people how to navigate the systems that we have created for our society the right way or the way that they need to, to get the results that they want if possible yeah. and explore how they're mind, body, and spirit are actually connected. And that is the whole person by giving, by giving support. Right. And so really that's how I approach my work. 
thank you because I'm in behavioral health. But when somebody gets in my office, I don't just talk about behavioral health is impacted by the environment and, and vice versa. But we're not, like you said, we're not taught these things. We're not taught that everything works together. And we're definitely not endorsing um, whatever spirituality works for you. I can imagine you've had some experience with the systems before you got in them to work with them. Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. Uh, I, so my personal journey is kind of a wild roller coaster ride, so to speak. Um, I'm going to be 41 this year. I didn't go to college to get my degree until I was 28. I went back to college at my local community college. Um, but prior to that, you know, I, I grew up in a very fundamentalist Christian, mm. highly abusive, both physically and emotionally home. Uh, the oldest of seven children. I essentially raised four of my siblings. They all came to live with me. I left my, my family of origin when I was 16 years old and never returned. Wow. And as my siblings grew up, they then came to me when they hit around that age. Um, Did you have a place to go when you left? I was at the time in school full-time and working, um, working two jobs. So um, I, you know, I was homeless for a while, living in dryers and laundromats and just wherever, bouncing around, couch surfing, um, and then I ended up being able to, um, informally rent a apartment from somebody that I knew locally. And so, um, Power of yeah, I, I did that. And then, yeah. yeah, so it was, that's, that was kind of challenging, but it all worked itself out, so to speak. Um, then I, you know, in my early twenties, I kind of had some experiences with um, my first child and his family. And I had thought that I was, you know, getting into a situation where I was going to be in a healthier environment. And that is not what happened. And I just kind of broke at that point. Mm -hmm. I was like, I've done everything society told me to do. Yep. I've been abused my whole life. It doesn't matter what I do. I might as well just have fun. I might as well yeah. do whatever I want. Oh my gosh. I can so relate. And, you know, I couldn't, it was just very challenging trying to navigate different systems, not being told how to do it, be, you know, thinking I'm doing everything I'm supposed to and basically getting shit all over if that makes mm -hmm. any, any sense. And um, so, yeah, so I ended up kind of, uh, feeding my trauma and trying to heal my inner child in a way that didn't work <laughs> basically and ended up, you know, struggling with, uh, some substance use that was very challenging for me. And, you know, when I quote unquote got caught for attempted possession, I wasn't offered any help. Like I said, I needed help yeah, and nobody right. gave it to me. I was just thrown on probation and told, oh you know, just don't use anymore. Right. Now, um, now you're, now you're a bad person. Huh? 
now you're a bad person. Now I'm a bad person. So now I just need to go to NA and everything will be fine. Never mind so we, every other problem in your life. Just go to AA and your world will be better. Oh yeah, that, that's going to fix everything. As long as yeah. I just go to NA, I'll be fine. Um, and <laughs> so I did, I attempted to do what they told me to do. And mm-hmm. going to the NA meetings was not useful. It made me relapse. I was already on my recovery journey. Um, I had started digging into um, other spiritual texts outside of the fundamentalist Christian ones that I had grown up with. Good. And I have always been a lover of philosophy. For my 18th birthday, I asked for the complete works of Nietzsche and like read it. <laughs> so that's who I am. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, I started digging into all of these different philosophies and scriptures from world religions and kind of just leaning into it and listening to my heart. And I would go to these NA meetings and everybody would talk at the NA meeting and then immediately upon leaving be like all right where are we going to go score some dope and I just couldn't be around it and so I stopped I stopped complying with probation and I was resentenced on my original charge (laughs) and so I got another felony because I didn't complete probation on my first one so now I'm a now I'm a double felon right because I have a substance use issue um and you didn't do what you're told. So you're a bad person. And now, I'm, and I'm a horrible person. Right. And, um, so yeah, so I took off and I went to, uh, another County, just, I went and lived on 10 acres of land and, um, kept reading and stuff. And mm-hmm. I had, um, an experience with a plant that, lasted about four days and it felt like the universe knocked on my roof, so to speak. Oh my gosh. And, um, that was the beginning of another transformation for me. And that was in 2005. And I woke up from, I woke up one day, like I had this experience, like I woke up and I was like, I just can't do this anymore. And I completely quit everything I was doing. Cold Turkey. No, I never looked back. Um, and I started trying to rebuild my life and the obstacles in my way were ridiculous. Like as soon as I did, once again, I did everything I was told to do by the system and it still was not good enough. I was a felon. I was a drug user. Yep. I was a single mother. Um, and you know, I was a really quote unquote, bad person. And Mm -hmm. I felt like I was beating my head against a brick wall, but everybody around me would come to me for resources, how to navigate stuff. How do I fix this? How do I fix that? You know, how did you quit doing this? You know, what did you, you know, people wanted to know how I was doing what I was doing. And I had a maternal infant health worker at the time who said I was looking at going back to school at that point. Um, you know, I was frustrated because I, um, couldn't even get a driver's license without paying $4,000 for it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just, just all the stuff that was ridiculous. And I was looking at going to school and she's like, what about social work? And I said, are you kidding me? You're the only social worker I like. I hate social workers. They've never helped me. 
when I was told to go to therapy, they sat there like a lump on a log and was, and were like, oh gosh, that sounds like a horrible life. I hope you get better. I hope you, yes. and I'm just like, that's your health. Like yeah. just stop drink, just stop using, just keep You'll- talking to me about it. That's, that's yeah. not doing anything. Right. And, and here's a drug test. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a drug test. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so it just didn't, it just didn't, I'm like, no, I don't want to be a social worker. She's like, honestly, we need people like you in social work. Yes. We need people like you in social work. And so I did. And of course, because of my personal history, I had all these other hoops I had to jump through. And, you know, at the same time I was reconnecting, this is over a period of several years, obviously, but I started really reconnecting with some spiritual gifts that I had since I was age six, that I was really aware Mm. of, but in the fundamentalist Christian dichotomy that I was being raised in, they, some were accepted to a certain point, but then, then after a certain age, then they weren't right. Then it was, no, that's just in the Bible. People don't actually have that anymore. (laughs) Um, that type of thing. And I just was like, you know what, clearly I do have these things happening for me and I'm just going to lean into it. And so I did. And really, I feel like for me, I have lived out a journey and experienced hardship and growth and joy in such a way that I have a really deep understanding of what people might be going through. And so much of what we think we're supposed to do is like programmed into us. And it's all about Mm. our perspective. We can still work and live in the society that we've been thrust into. Mm-hmm. But we can do it from a deeply solid, strong place in our hearts and marry our heart with our logic. If yeah. we bring our mi- mind, body, and spirit back together, we have siloed everything. Yes. Our behavioral health, our mind health is separate from our physical health and it's separate from who we are as spiritual beings and we're separate from the earth. Yep. And it's killing us. It is killing yeah. us. It so that's is. my very oh my God. abbreviated I, like, story. I'm like mesmerized. I did not want to interrupt, but I cannot believe how much your story parallels mine in the details, not the, not the specific, like the, just in certain pain points, what, you know, you got away from harm. You tried your best to do what you thought you quote unquote should do. And in the meantime, you ended up doing some things that were useful at the time, right? Getting into the, what we know about drug use is that it's kind of like a detoured way to meet our needs. And then all of a sudden, now the conversation shifts. Now you are the problem. Oh, wait, this sounds so familiar. I was the problem as a child. Wait, I'm the problem now. And I've done everything you've asked me to. You can go fuck yourself. And by the way, you're giving me a felony to make it harder for me to go work next time. But that's okay because we all know what really happens to those drug people. Those drug people, we don't want in our culture, but here is what we don't know about those drug people. Those drug people are you, those drug people are me, and those drug people know more about how to heal because they've been through the worst shit possible than anybody I remember going into offices and, um, you know, you were court mandated to go to a, uh, NA and I would sit in these AA meetings and think, why are they exposing me to more trauma 
and yeah. people are yelling in here. They're angry. They're frustrated. And I'm glad it works for some people, but I was helpless, hopeless, and powerless. I, I didn't need more powerlessness. I needed more empowerment because nobody in my life taught me how to empower myself. And here I was helping other people do it the whole time. Yeah. And nobody ever taught us what our fucking strengths were. Yeah. And I, you know, it's funny that you say that because I, you know, when I was in school for social work, everything is like, oh, go from a strength-based perspective. But I don't right. see that actually being applied in the field regularly. I don't either. I mean, I know there people do. However, as a yes. blanket general statement, most yeah. people do not because our systems aren't structured to move from a strength-based perspective. They and absolutely so are not. You know, and it's just, it's just really challenging, right? And to your other point, we are constantly told like we are the problem. Like yeah. it doesn't matter how much pain you've endured. If you don't just suck it up and be the doormat, right. you're right. in the wrong. Right. Or you go abuse somebody and then either you get off for it or you're praised for it. Yeah. Like that, like this is going to work out in one of several ways, as we know from social work, but nobody's addressing it because we have this illusion from religion that things are either or good or bad, um, all or nothing, which is why, you know, the AA is abstinence based. Like this is not an all or nothing. Like you, you are telling us, look, I have parts of me that I'm proud of. I have parts of me that I, uh, you know, weren't the best parts of me, but I had to go through them to get here. Right. And I think you're right. Every system, healthcare, um, criminal justice, the health, um, the mental health system, the school system, all of our systems are not designed to lead us to the best outcomes for any of us. Right. And so when you're working in a system, I, I've always been aligned with the least of us because I understand what that feels like. Exactly. The whole reason I want to, I even took the plunge to do this work is because I've suffered so much. And all I wanted was somebody to see me and right. nobody did. And well, people, when I was young, everybody knew what was happening to us mm -hmm. and nobody did anything. The school knew right. li literally the neighbors would call CPS. My parents ended up getting their kids pulled. My siblings pulled later on. Um, oh, wow. When my grandmother passed away, um, be literally CPS showed up and was like, oh, you called 911 because your um, parent, you know, the grandparent died. We've had over 30 complaints about you to CPS. And this was the last straw. It literally just took my, my siblings that day, that very moment immediately. And they said it was environmental. There had been so many calls to CPS and they didn't do anything. I remember my dad almost killing my mom and oh. I called 911 and my dad took off. And when the officer got there, he was like, well, he's gone now. I guess everything is fine. And I'm like, what happens when he comes back? And he's like, well, let me go look for him. Goes, finds my dad, brings him to the house and says, looks like he's all calmed down, brought him back for you. Oh and then I was <sighs> destroying the family because I called 911. It made my life yes. way worse. Oh my God. 
way worse. And, and, and so I'm, like I, those types of experiences, I never, how could I ever trust these systems that were supposed to right. protect me? Nothing ever protected me. I, all it did was make everything worse. And I kind of feel like that with some systems too. Like there's you, okay, you, there's a bait and switch. Like you're going to offer us help and we're going to go in there and then you're going to continue to tell us you're, you're going to take the role of the abuser. Yeah. And I just like, no, I, I worked hard to get away from abuse. I'm not going backwards, but you, because of the power dynamic we have and the colonialism and capitalism and all that stuff, I now have to prove to you that I have enough worth. Well, I've been doing that my whole life. I have, I'm out of spoons for that. What I'd like to do though, is ask our systems to stop band-aiding problems and wounds that actually can be healed when given the light of day, like when given fresh air and land, which is totally segging maybe into your plant-based stuff, because how does that fit in with healing? So how does plant-based medicine fit in with healing? Plant-based medicine fits in with healing because we're a part of the earth. Plain Amen. and simple, we're a part of the earth. So plant-based healing is really about everything that we're putting into our bodies. Okay. So where does your fruit come from? Where are you getting your vegetables from? How is your meat raised? What kind of life did it have? What kind of yeah. life did the vegetables you're eating have? What kind of life did the animals you're consuming have? Where did it come from? And where it came from and where the kind of energy and that we are energy. Yes. The earth is energy. Anything yes. we put into ourselves is a representation of that energy and it's going to flow back out. This mm -hmm. is science. This is fact. Okay. Now there are, so that's first and foremost, I will say this is true for everything that you consume because we are tied to the earth and that's the yep. power of plant medicine. First and foremost, it's because we are the earth. We are tied to it. We cannot separate ourselves from it. And we have forgotten this. Amen. And for, and for millennia, plants have been used to heal. We already know. I mean, shoot, uh, you can you can use dandelion as a healing tincture very yep. effectively. Okay, that's a plant. Okay, it does the same same thing as a as certain other um, man made created things would, but in a better way, right? Yeah. Okay, so same concept. Think cannabis. Cannabis is a plant. Cannabis can be used in a lot of different ways. We know it has medicinal value, right? Yeah. It also has spiritual value, okay? okay? And you can use, basically cannabis is gonna give you what you ask for, okay? So okay. like most people, when they consume cannabis, they're like, yo, let me forget my day. And what happens? They forget their day. <laughs> but it can be used in other ways, okay? If you're using it for medical purposes, a lot of people, when you use it as medicinally, because the plant is being consumed, for that reason. And because it can do that work, you're not, most people that use it that way, they're not getting high. Mm -hmm. They're getting healed. They're getting relief. Okay. Yeah. And in the same way, other plants like mushrooms, for instance, okay. okay. Quote unquote, magic mushrooms, psilocybin can uh -huh. be used as a way to connect with yourself and your spirituality and millennia of individuals who have used it before you. And basically psilocybin or psychedelics, right? Psychedelics, they yeah. tell, show you what you need. They show you where you have these deficits yeah. so that you can clear them out. Okay. They open your heart 
they're heart openers. Okay. Okay. They open your heart. And, and this isn't just about taking, you know, this isn't just taking a bunch of cannabis to take a bunch of cannabis or taking mm-hmm. a bunch of psilocybin just to take a bunch of psilocybin right. or peyote or whatever the case may be. Right. As I said before, in the grand scheme of things, you are taking in the energy because we're part of the earth and we're mm-hmm. using it to do something so we can move forward and do something else. There's an intention involved with it. Okay. There's a process involved with it. This is not about recreational drug use of which there's nothing wrong with, may I add. However, that's yes. not the, 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 the way that I'm looking that I am talking about these should be used. You know, when I was living with the native Alaskans, um, and they taught me about the land and I'm so grateful for the education I received, but there is this, there is this different mindset in, in certain spiritualities where it is a, where it, there's a giving and a receiving. Yeah. In fact, they collect mouse food on the tundra, but they leave something for the mouse if they take the food. So this is the use of the land through via a certain format, whatever that it, you know, again, it's transforming your energy so that you can give your energy back in a much higher vibrant, uh, vibration, I guess I would say. Because we're, because we are, it is an exchange. Everything is an exchange, right? Yeah. Yeah, we which think I of the exchange as being monetary because we've created a system where it's about money, but yeah. everything that we do is is transactional and everything is an energetic exchange that we do. Everything. Which I want to make the point of, I, I see so many women my age, but people in general my age that are asking themselves why they can't keep up with day-to-day tasks. And what I've noticed in the past 20 years, especially if not, you know, my entire lifetime is that what we're asking of an individual is more and more and more and more and more. And the individuals are feeling less and less and less and less and less capable, overwhelmed, shame. And they're wondering why they can't keep on the hamster wheel. Hey, stop, time out. We're not supposed to be on a hamster wheel, first of all. Yeah. Well, Second and of- because you're not filling yourself. How exactly. can you from an empty cup? We're expecting people to just have limitless energy without anything being like bolstered or brought in to, 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 to pour into them, yes. to feed them spiritually because or we're eating junk mentally, food too. huh? Cause we're also eating and putting into our bodies junk food as well Yeah, and, and junk TV and all that stuff. And that's not to say any of those are bad, but it's like, let's, we're, where's we're the such, balance? This right, is about and we're, balance we're such an autopilot that we don't even realize the harm that we do to ourselves. And one of the greatest gifts that I have gotten from my transformation is how much of an honor it actually is to tend to myself. It is. Like, I have asked so much of myself in my life from all of those things that you've talked about in your early life. I have asked myself to jump through hoops and betray who I am and cross boxes and give drug tests and, you know, give you my blood that has zero to do with my well-being and everything to do with you needing power. Yeah. I'm not going to work harder for somebody else's goals before I ask myself what my own values are. Well, and really you hit the nail on the head there because the question really is, where am I at right now? Yes. What do I need right now so that I can do what is meaningful to me 
and will make me feel, feel full because we aren't taught to fill ourselves. Right. It's, People it's, are uncomfortable sometimes even looking at themselves because it's not fun to do all the time. Well, especially if you've got the voices in your head from people that are, you know, telling you all the things that you're not. Exactly. Um, and so then it becomes, who told you that? Who made you, and, and do you really need to believe it? Is it actually true? Is it even right. true? Right. How do you know it's true? Just because somebody and, told you? And by the way, drugs are bad. Okay, who told you that for one? Because we take drugs every day. Um, I just had caffeine this morning. And yes, there's a case to be made that we can overindulge in anything. Oh, I don't know, like celebrity gossip. Hello. Yeah. And so then it becomes what's a substance? This isn't yes. about taking drugs. It really becomes what do you define as a substance? Because yes. if you're saying that it's okay for a physician to prescribe 20 medications to me yes. with long-term side effects that aren't great, but I'm a bad person if I smoke a joint. There's a big disconnect between what a substance is. So I invite people, what is a substance? And let's yes. really look at what a substance is because you're and, consuming them all the time. And which ones are accessible and which ones aren't. And you can't tell me I'm being a bad person by smoking marijuana, which is still keeping people in prison when you yourself are now asking me to take ketamine. Right, exactly. Like, hello, like what the hell? I, what? Okay, so now we're endorsing, now we're endorsing plant-based medicines. Um, they've been around before we decided we liked them or not, and they've done a really, uh, amazing things. If we look to people who have information that we don't have, which are the indigenous populations, which have also gotten shit on. And oh, by the way, I managed to figure out how to still stand in today's time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I, I feel like <clears throat> a lot of, I'm really happy that psychedelic research is starting again. I have deep ethical concerns with it being a medical only model. I have yes. deep concerns with all of the ketamine clinics. Ketamine is not even a psychedelic. It's a disassociative drug. True, so true. I'll say that first. Okay. Secondly, um, it being so clinicized and removing it from whence it came Mm -hmm. is a huge mistake. It does a disservice to the medicine. It does a disservice to the millennia of people who carried this tradition forward. Yeah. And it does a disservice to anyone using it in that framework moving forward because it is, again, disconnecting from the holistic right. item that it actually is. And again, siloing it. And I do not think that that is safe productive or healthy. I think if we do it that way, we are going to see other problems emerge from it because we aren't doing it in a holistic way. But then we can blame it for it. Yeah. Then we can demonize it again. Right? Yes. And if you didn't right, so a, so right, this is how it works. And again, I've worked in systems my whole life, so I do have some respect for them, but okay, well try, try this uh, psychedelic under clinical, you know, guidelines. And, um, if you had a bad trip, it's your fault. And if you had a good trip and it doesn't stay, it's your fault. And, oh, we didn't give you the right dose. So it's your fault. And, oh, by the way, it's $800. You can't afford that. So that's your fault too. Yeah. So it's, it's going, it's already 
um, both with cannabis and psychedelic medicine, it's already uh, for profit, essentially, yes. right? It is for people who have monetary capital. It is for people who have social capital. And yes. if you don't have that, guess what? You're not getting it. And if you do get it outside of having monetary and social capital, well, then you're a bad person again. Right. Because it's only for the haves, right? right. It's not for the have-nots. Which is so colonial because, again, you're speaking to something that is grown in the land and has been used for centuries. And they're trying to patent it. Who even does that? Well, a colonialist does that. You know, because they can make money. So they're unethical. It's yes. so unethical. Well, but I think that that's why we're seeing all of the pain points we're seeing today is because we have a lot of reckoning to do with how much harm we've done to the earth and to people and to just, just the dehumanization in our systems. And you can see the direct result of that today. 100%. 100%. This is an alternative. It is not like an everyday you know, casual thing to, no. to be doing, right? Like it is a very, it's, it's like, to me, um, I don't approach, I was a certified diabetes educator. I don't approach diets in like, oh yeah, do keto and you'll be fine. No, what, let's stop the TV while you're eating, <laughs> be intentional about what you're putting in your mouth and enjoy that experience so that you know when you're full. Exactly. And you can move on and you're nourished. Well, and people also, to your point, what I'm also hearing here is something that I see all the time is we try to overcomplicate everything. We think we have to make <laughs> these huge changes, these huge changes. That's not actually how it works. If you make little tiny adjustments yes. and little tiny changes, yes. you're going to see the impact grow and snowball over time. And it's a flow. You end up in this nice flow of expansion it's not about making some big change. It's about looking at what you're doing right now, seeing where you may feel in yourself, where you want something to feel different and then saying, well, what's one thing that I could do to shift that? Just do one thing. And every time you do one little thing, you shift. It's I have just so much doing one little thing. What you're talking about is um, my coach calls them process goals because you're always so focused on like, well, what do I want in the outcome? Okay, well, okay, yeah, that's fine. That's like a bonus goal. But the process goals are something that in my therapy and in my coaching, I'm gonna, I, I have people document, you know, like yes. where were you three months ago? Exactly. How did it look three months ago? Where are you now? Look at all this fucking growth that you're not even giving yourself credit for. I do that so often in my individual sessions. And it's like, I, I have to encourage people. Let's take a step back and look at where you were before. Right. Look at now, where are you now? I love and it. It's and like, oh, you know, we don't see when you're in something, you can't really see it for what it is. And so we have to learn to take a step back sometimes yes. so we can see what's really going on. And does that mean that you stay in that step back? No, then you go back in, right? But, but I but you, you have describe to a step back and see it <laughs> totally because you're describing a wave process. I talk about the ocean and the sky and everything. And when we're in the wave, we forget it's just a wave and, and we forget you, we are the water, right? Exactly. We oh my God. We are yes. the water. So, so Beckett and I are so similar in our practices. She's in the West side of the state. She does plant-based. I do not yet, but I really respect her knowledge in this area. And we're actually 
um, we are doing a holistic retreat based on based on transformation, but a, but a resetting and a recalibrating in late June. And we want you to come to our info session if you're interested. It is May. Um, let me look at my dates because I have bad memory. Um, we're so May 11th at 6 p.m. We're going to be hosting a meeting. If you want to learn more about our particular retreat, um, we're both uh, social workers. We both have experience with trauma. We both have experience with harm reduction. We both have experience with systems. We both have a lot of similar experiences. And this is no joke. And if you are ready and to take an adventure in you and honoring yourself and really getting to know yourself and getting clear on where you want to go in the next year or so. This may be an info session that you want to do, May, May 11th. Um, anything you want to add about that, Becca? Um, I would just encourage anybody who wants to join our info session on May 11th, um, you know, just kind of bring any questions you may have and bring, you know, um, an open mind. Bring an open mind and an open heart if you're and interested. That's Thank you. And, and in the meantime, where um, you talked about holistic healing and all of that stuff. So I have tons of research resources on my websites, but I know MAPS, uh, I can't remember what it stands for. They are monitoring all the psychedelic uh, studies right now. Any other resources that you'd like to share in relation to whole healing as opposed to siloed healing? Yeah, absolutely. So I, if, if you're interested in more stuff outside of maps, maps is very research heavy. Okay. Um, but you can go to psychedelics today. They have some free information there. They're excellent resource for that type of thing. If you're interested in like more holistic models, you know, there's the comprehensive resource model, um, which is a holistic framework that is okay. utilized. So you could look into that. Um, really the, the, the thing that I find with like doing this holistic work is that I have to pull stuff from all these different places because yes. nobody's doing it like this yet. Um, well, people are, I, I shouldn't say that. That's not true. There are lots of people doing it this way, but we're scattered and there's not like a central we are, we are, and clients will come to us. Yeah, and I think that, um, I think we do a disservice when we only look at the pain, like the problem in the client, right? So I have seen tremendous outcomes with looking at um, the whole part of the whole self, as have you. And um, you also do furniture. I do what? You also do furniture and tarot readings? Oh, yeah, so I'm also an artist. So my outlet... <laughs> Love it. Um, and my, my, my creativity and like, yeah, I, I do art. So I'm an artist. I do astrophotography. I do fluid acrylic art. I do mixed media art. I also do solid woodwork. Um, I make custom tables, um, and other items and, uh, yeah, I, I just, I love, producing art. I also make a home homemade personal care products that me and my family use. Um, so whole plant bot based body butters that are like straight vitamins for your skin. I make that I make bath soaks. Um, so yeah, I, and do you sell these? I do. I do. 
Um, you can find my um, stuff on threefates.org um, or on Facebook under a three so, fates. Three fates. So that's like the spell the word three. T H R E E S A T E S dot org. So Fantastic. that's where you can find my website. I do um, intuitive tarot through using Toth Tarot, which is based on the Egyptian book of the dead. I've been doing that for 25 years now. Um, and I also do um, dream interpretation. I lean heavily on Carl Jung's work and all of my everything that I do. And so I do, I also provide dream interpretation. Um, and I also provide like holistic healing and growth plans. Holistic healing and what? Growth plans. I can help you plan out a process of growth. Got it. I love this. You can find her website. I am so glad that the world has room for everybody because this is what happens when we get stuffed in a box. I, none of this stuff would have happened had you stayed in a tiny little box that you should have. You would have been fucking miserable and we would not get the gifts that you have to offer. Thank you. And not only that, but literally when I was trying to fit into the box, yeah. um, when I was, you know, I was pretty on in my recovery I was like four years into my recovery. I was really trying to fit into the box and literally all these things would go haywire in my life. It was yes. very clear that I didn't belong in that box. And I, it was really causing me harm. I just had to let go of those expectations and yes. Yeah. And I think we all, we all have deaths and rebirths a million times in our life, but I'm glad in this, in this go round, I've met you because we're working together and you do great work. And I'm so excited. I've got a sister on the other side of the state. Thank you, Becca Newman. I will yeah. leave the um, website in the comments and I'll share this podcast when it launches and stay tuned for May 11th. And we're going to have an info meeting on our retreat. Yay. Thank you so awesome. much. Take care. Bye. Bye.